Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, this meeting is not about me, and it's not actually about Anne, and it's not even about her team who've done all the work and the refreshments and everything. It's actually about you. Every single one of you has given up something to turn up. There's a huge cost, if you added it all up, that you have done to come tonight. And I'm, as it were, the postman, bringing you an invitation to say, actually, you can engage with God tonight. You can have, as it were, not exactly a letter from God, but a touch from God into your life. So I'm not going to, I will tell you, it's about identity I'm talking about. I'm not going to tell you who you are yet. Oh, now, that, is that, oh, it's all worked, hasn't it? Um, it's not as simple as that, this identity issue, you know. If I told you who you are, half of you know, and the other half wouldn't believe me. So I'm not going to tell you just yet. So, and we've got lots of obstacles to finding out who we are. So who, 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 if I said to you, well, my name's Diana, and I live in Malvern, and I help with Christian prayer ministries, that doesn't tell you who I am. It tells you where I live and what I do. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. And if I said, and so how have we been described? Um, we used to have a dog called Wags, and a friend of this little boy said to me, he said, your Wags is mummy. And I said, well, yeah, you know, so who am I? I'm the dog's mother. I'm, I'm, my, I'm my children's mother. I'm my husband's wife. So who am I? Um, a group of men had a team building exercise and they were in a room uh, for five minutes and they said, right, they didn't know each other. Introduce yourselves, but don't mention your job. And they found it really difficult. I think women handle that much better, but that, that's a slightly different issue. I'll just tell you about um, the Bishop of Maidstone. He's no longer the Bishop of Maidstone. He's something else now. And um, he was going to London. And this is quite true, because I've heard him tell it. And he uh, found himself in a train carriage with a lot of patients from a long-term psychiatric hospital on a day out. And he said he had some really interesting and very good conversations. That was fine till they got to nearly Victoria and the nurse came in. Right, she said, just want to check you're all here. One, two, three, four. And who are you? He said, I'm the Bishop of Basingstoke. <laughs> <laughs> fine, she said, five, six, seven, eight. I <laughs> know, oh, yeah, you can imagine it. So uh, it, did, it did look a bit sort of wild anyway. They, so we've got, we've got at least two obstacles to working out who we are. One is what the world thinks, and the other is what other people have said to us. Those are, there are three ways of finding out who you are. What the world thinks, what other people have said about you, and what God thinks. So I brought my magazine. I was given this magazine. It's quite, I haven't brought you Hello, which would be even worse. This is country living. So what things are important? Hello just has who you know and what you wear. So I thought, well, what's important? Now, here's a lady. It says, don't just cover grey, defy time. Now, I, lucky lady, I don't know how you defy time. I'm not sure you really do it. So that's obviously about appearance. I turned down some pages. Now, apparently, we can have a stylish coastal effect to our houses, which is to add a bold touch 
of vibrant marine blue. It really means adding dark blue to your house and you get a coastal effect. So that's about your, your house. I mean, and then there's a dozen dream homes where you've never seen anything like them. So that's what you have, isn't it? Um, what's this one? Oh, gardens. Goodness gracious, don't they have exotic gardens? I don't suppose the normal has any place really in these, does it? So how does the world decide who we are? Well, I'll tell you, it's, 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 it's how we look. So I thought, I thought I'd bring you some visual aids inevitably. So how do we look? Okay, my lipstick, my comb. That represents looks. This is how the world does it. Now, it's, what else do they say is important? How you look, what you have, they say, is important. Your dream home or your garden or your whatever. Now, this, these are my keys. This is the car. This is the front door. This is a mysterious key. I really don't know what it is, and I don't know why we have it on there. But anyway, there we go. So this represents possessions. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'm not as quite. So, and then, of course, there's, there's your job. Now, well, I'm retired, and secretly, I think I'm unemployable, but anyway, we won't, we won't go into that. So, I brought my Christian prayer minister's label so that you, so this represents job and what you do. Okay, now, was there anything else? Um, so, looks possessions, oh money, that's right, that's the other thing people think is so important. They think the more you've got, the more important you are. So here's my credit card, see? Money, possessions, looks, job. Well, they're very nice and they're all important. And it's great if you want to add coastal touches to your house. It's great if you can defy time. It's great if you've got lots of money and it's wonderful to do a good job. That's great. But that is not who you are. And if you get lots of any of these, let's say a great big house, that doesn't make you one bit more a person in God's eyes. This is just what the world does. And they sell you magazines so that you suddenly think you need to do coastal tinges to your house, but you don't really, you know. What's the other way of deciding who we are? So one is the world's way, which, and the trouble with this lot really is it disappears, most of it disappears. I don't know if you saw um, Miranda in Call the Midwife, and when she was chummy, and she said, my face is moving downwards. Well, she's young. I think everything's moving downwards, you know, <laughs> as you get older. Anyway, so a lot of this disappears. And even if it doesn't, it doesn't make you a person at all. So that's how the world decides, but they've got it wrong. So how do we decide who we are? Well, the trouble is, a lot of it is decided by who others have told us we are. Now this is where you need a bit of imagination, okay? So this is Dolly, who represents us when we were little. And supposing 
Someone says to Dolly, well, I think you're sweet. I simply love you. We're delighted we've got you. We think you're just great. No, you don't have to be really good. We love you anyway. Well, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? That would be really nice. And that person would find it easier. But supposing you say to Dolly, look, you're not like your sister. You should have been. Why couldn't you be more like your sister? You brought home three A grades and one B. And what went wrong with the B? And we didn't really want you. Do you know, Mary, I've got a friend. And her mother said to her when she was a child, you're a disappointment to me. And what's worse, her mother's 90, and she still says, you're a disappointment to me. I, oh, well, I won't tell you what I felt. Anyway, um, I thought that was a very big shame. And then she came to me, and she said, well, I'm a disappointment to God. I thought, really? Like, you know, where have you got that from? It's not difficult to find. That wasn't what God said. That's what your mum said. Anyway, and the things I've said, you know, you're a disappointment. You're not wanted. All things people have said. Do you know Mary Pitches, who's at New Wine? And she said, her mother used to introduce her. This is our little mistake. Well, that's not very nice, is it? It's slightly one up on the other person who was introduced as this is our coil failure. I mean, <laughs> really, can you believe anybody? So how do you, and Mary found, when she grew up, she needed ministry. You know, I'm not a little mistake. I'm not a mistake. Am I going to believe what my mum says or what God says? So this little one, if you've said all sorts of nasty things, or it could even be that nobody said anything nasty at all, but there was nobody there to love her. Let's say her parents had died, her parents were sick. So here she is, wrapped in something dark and a bit miserable. And that's why? Because a child believes everything a parent says. So what do you grow up to be if you do that? Well... Yeah, yeah. The thing is, people remember my visual aids. They don't remember the point. But this is... They say, I remember you standing there with that wire netting round you. And I said, yes, do you remember what I was talking about? No, they said. Anyway, never mind. So, <laughs> see, this has got another hole somewhere. Right, here we go. So this little one grows up to feel that underneath they're not very good. Now, in fact... We don't wear it like this, we disguise it. My friend who thinks she's a disappointment, and she genuinely believes that, looks beautiful. Oh yes, you see. So we all look beautiful on top, we put something really nice on top, in the hope that you won't notice. You'll remember this afterwards, at least. Hope you remember the point. <laughs> so, we all put nice things on top. You all look gloriously smart, but I guess underneath some of us say, well, if you knew what goes on in my life, if you knew that I think deep down I'm going nowhere, deep down I'm not wanted, deep down God couldn't really like me. Why is he thinking that? And yet many, this is why I say you won't believe who you are if I tell you. Somebody said to me the other day, I don't measure up. Well, it's not a very terrible thing to say. But if you weave that into your life, it's like bindweed going through a plant. It's, it's a terrible thing to live with because everything good you do gets sabotages by I'm not really good enough. 
or, and it's like condemnation. These negative things. So people have said, I'm unlovable, I hate myself. I'll give you an example of, of Jackie Stewart. One or two of you, I might have said this to some of you before. Jackie Stewart was a, a Formula One world champion three times. Now you might not be into Formula One, but you can recognize he's top of his game. Really brilliant. Quite exceptional to be Formula One champion three times. And he said, I keep thinking I've got to try harder because you might find out I'm stupid. And it turns out that he was dyslexic. He is dyslexic. He was diagnosed as being dyslexic in his 40s. So presumably when he was a child, they said to him, you stupid boy. So he grew up thinking he was stupid. He did really well, Formula One champion three times. Did it alter this stuff inside? Actually, no. And you, you know that, don't you? You know that you can put on the nice exterior and it doesn't heal the inside. You know that you could do a really good, successful job and still think you're a failure. My friend, she teaches something very advanced and she thinks she's a disappointment. Hang on, where does she get that from? So, I met two sorts of people recently. One is my friend who thinks she's a disappointment, she's rubbish, she's a failure. And another lady is one who's been coming to church, my church, for years. And she said to me, well, you know, between us, I don't really see why Jesus had to die. She said, I can't see. I'm a really nice person, she said. I'm a really nice... I could keep my house a bit tidier, but I'm a really nice person. I don't see what the problem is. So I said, well... You know, the trouble is Jesus gave us two commandments. First one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. I said, I don't do very well on that one. Actually, I really want to love God with all my heart. I'm on the road towards doing that. I try, I move in that direction. Have I succeeded? Have I got there? Of course I haven't. And the next one that I'm no, is, is dire. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, oh dear, this is being taped. But anyway, I like my neighbors. Some of them are quite nice. I do not love them as myself. I'm in no danger of loving any of them as myself. <laughs> this is no good, is it? But anyway, so then it says, it's, so I said, it's not about are you, do you keep the commandment. I said, it's about being human. I said, do you realize that all of us don't keep the commandments? So I'm addressing those who say, well, I'm really fine. I don't need anything. None of us keep the commandments. There's a lovely bit in Romans, and it says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Some of us know very well we've fallen short. Some of us think we're right down at the bottom. Some of us think we're, we're doing really well, but all of us, it's like missing a train. If you miss it with three minutes or half an hour, you still missed it. And if you put Mother Teresa at the top, let's put her at the top, because I think she's about the best. I you know, did an impossible job. Okay, and all stations all the way down. So where do you put yourself? Shall I tell you the next bit? It says, all have sinned and fallen short. Then it says, there is no difference. Now, I find this really cheering. 
It doesn't matter how low down you are. It doesn't matter if you're a disappointment, if you say I'm rubbish, if you say I'm a failure, if you say I'm no good, if you say nobody wants me, if you say God couldn't love me. It's really those people who don't believe what God says. You're still included. There's no difference between you and Mother Teresa. From God's point of view, we've all missed the boat. Which, in a, for those of us who know we've missed the boat, is very encouraging. It's a lovely thing. All have seen. There's no, no difference. It, that's, that's the difficulty. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. There's no difference. Then it says, all of us are put right with God through the free gift of Jesus Christ. So, all of us, all of us, all of us, that's, that's what it says. God said, look, none of you are going to make it. I'll do something so that the whole world can come to me. Doesn't matter where you put yourself on this scale. All of you are, as it were, set free made right with God through the free gift of Jesus Christ. So do you deserve it? Nope. Of course you don't. None of us do. How could we possibly deserve it? Do we earn it? No, you don't earn it. It's a free gift. After you've received the free gift, you may try to follow God with all your heart, but however hard you follow won't make you one iota closer to receiving this free gift. You know what Philip Yancey said? He said, there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. In other words, even if I'm very, very holy, really holy, God won't love me more. And there's nothing I can do to make God love me less. In other words, if I make a huge muddle, he's not going to love me less. And that isn't so mysterious and, and mystical and godlike. If you look at a parent of a little child, a good parent, do they love them more because they've done well? No, they may be very pleased, but they don't love them more. Do you love them less when the kids are blithering difficult? No, you may wish they didn't, but it, you don't love them less. Love isn't dependent on behavior. That's an echo of God, because we, I think women in particular, actually, are made, no, we're all made in the image of God, but this bit, <laughs> I can get myself in deep waters if I don't watch it, but, but this acceptance of a person as they are, and we're thinking of, I'm thinking particularly of a small, very small child, because I think the image works better then. You want them because they're your child. That's why you love them. So, what about your stuff? Well, this is, this is the lovely bit, you see. Jesus says, right, I've died. I've paid a huge price, huge price to set you free. So why are you... He doesn't say, why are you carrying this? He says, I give you an invitation to take it off. He says, I give you an invitation to... I've come to take away the sin of the world. Well, the sin of the world is a, includes huge amounts of stuff. It includes what you've done. It includes all those negatives that were said to you. All the things that were done that shouldn't have been done. It includes all the spaces. By spaces, I mean those 
who were dearly loved by a dad who was away, by, by parents who were divorced, by parents who were sick, by parents who weren't there. That's a space in your life where there should have been love and wasn't. It wasn't that anybody did anything very bad, it's just that there was a big space. But the spaces gum us up and stop us receiving who we are. Jesus says, bring me, bring me everything that stops you knowing who you are. If you, how do you get forgiven? Well, it's very simple. You bring your junk. Lord, forgive me for this. Then you receive forgiveness. You can't get forgiven if you don't bring any junk. You can't get set free unless you bring it to him. What do you do with it? Well, this is what this is about, you see. You can put all this on here. There we are, staying right. It is, it is the most amazing swap in the whole world. Where else can you come and bring your stuff and receive not only forgiveness, but then you receive love? Why did God do all that? Well, he says he did it because he loved us. Um, St. Paul said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Somebody gives you a really costly present. You know they care. That's why you give it to them, isn't it? Supposing someone gave their life for you, you'd know they care. He says, I've given you my life to cover absolutely everything. My friend's disappointment, my friend who thinks she's rubbish, all the stuff that, that goes in behind that statement of I'm rubbish, whatever caused that, and there were, must have been lots of things, all that lot can be brought to the cross. Then you can receive who you are. Who are you? You are a forgiven, loved child of God. How do you become a child of God? Well, that bit's easy. It says, to all who received him, this is day one stuff. The day you say, yes, Jesus, I'd like to receive you, it says he gave the right to become children of God. In other words, when you became a Christian, you became a child of God. And what's more, you never get unborn. You, this can't be taken away from you. If you're born into the family of God, it can't be taken away. And... Um, in 1 John, it says, see what love the Father has given us, that we should be, no, see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. So, so I come to God with a pretty big bucket, and I say, Lord, I need all this love. Come and fill it up. Have you got enough water for my bucket? And he takes me to the ocean's edge and says, look, can you see this ocean? Goes it actually goes all the way around the world. I've got more water than you could possibly dream of. I've got more love for you than you could possibly dream of or receive. And it's not because you've earned it, and it's not because you're good, and it's a free gift. And I'm offering it to you. This is what he's saying. I once saw J. John in Coventry Cathedral wave a 50-pound note and say, who wants it? I thought everybody had put their hand up, but about six hands went up. I thought that's odd. And they, nobody really believed he was going to give it away, which is what he did. If I stood 
outside um, Waitrose and I said, give me your bag of rubbish and I will give you five pounds. Everyone is saying, oh, I don't know. And it's, it's so much bigger. We can't believe we've really got on offer a free gift for everybody who wants it. And of course, what happens to this little one? Well, Jesus, of course, would say to her, you were never a mistake. There's no such thing as a mistake with me. There may have been others who didn't love you, but I love you. They may have said awful things about you, but I want you. For me, you are a forgiven, loved child. It's an amazing identity to have. And then it says, we're chosen. Do you know when we were chosen? No wonder people don't believe this. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. It says in Ephesians, right at the very beginning, before God made the world, when he was thinking about it, it says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be his children. It says, such was his will and pleasure. Not, oh golly, they need rescuing. We hadn't even got a world. He said, what I'd like to do is I'd ha like to have children whom I can love. And actually, even that isn't as rare as you think. I've got daughters. <laughs> and I guess they've thought, I wonder if when I get married I could have children. I would love a child. Long before they've even met someone, they thought of that. That's how God is. That's not abnormal to do that. That's how God is. He wants us as his children. So your identity is that you are loved, forgiven, chosen, and nothing can take this from you. It isn't true that when you go to heaven you take nothing with you. You actually take your identity. If I my mum got muddled at the end. She forgot. she forgot who she was. She couldn't have told you her name. But God hadn't forgotten who she was. And when she got to heaven at long last, I bet you, God said, my child, you know, you are my beloved, forgiven, chosen child. You've forgotten who you are, but I haven't. So not, this cannot be taken from you. The other stuff may go and it may not. Some of it definitely goes. But, but your identity in Christ never goes. So how are you going to hold it? Well, I had, had, uh, I've, I've got this lovely friend. And she says to me, well, God is good. I'm a loved child of God. Now, I happen to know that she was abused as a child and her life went into what she called meltdown and a slimy pit where on a, a social, practical, every level you can think of, there was a sort of meltdown and a heck of a muddle. And in the slimy pit, somehow or another, God met her. So coming from that background, how is it, she says, God is good, I'm his loved child. She said, well, I decided every day I was going to say this, whether I look like it or not, whether I feel like it or not, it's true. And truth, so, and that's what she's been doing for 15 years, and it's grown in her. You see, truth sets you free. 
it's as though you have to go back to it and back to it and back to it. Those of you who believe negative stuff about yourself, and truthfully, we all do to some extent, we've done it by saying it to ourselves over and over again. I say to myself, I'll trust you to forget that. Now that's, you know, a daft thing to say, but, but I've said it to myself several times, lots of times. To undo it, all you do is you say, well, I'm surrendering that, and I'm putting truth in its place. And it is not how you look. <laughs> First thing in the morning, one may not look like anything, but you open your eyes and you say, I am a loved, forgiven child of God. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I look like. From God's point of view, this is the truth. I'm chosen not because I'm good. And then you can, and I'll tell you one other way of, of holding on to it is going back to it and back to it. And this, this woman I met who said, I'm a failure. And then, this was in prayer ministry, she, she saw that God really loved her. She said, I think I should have to go back to that every day. I said, I think you've got to go back to it 50 times a day. Every time you used to think of yourself as a failure, now you've got to go back, replace that thought. There's a verse that says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Then you'll know what the will of God is. You'll know what's good, acceptable, and perfect. Be transformed. How do you do it? bit by bit by bit. You take a thought and you go back to it and back to it. There's a, a verse that says, gird up your minds, or another translation is, brace up your minds. And my, my child had a brace, you know, one of those things on your teeth. And I said to the dentist, what's that for? He said, oh, it's to hold her teeth in place. Well, it says, brace up your minds. Now, I would love a brace for my mind. Put it on, which says, you are a loved, forgiven child of God. Anyway, we've got, do you know, I, I told this to Anne ages, well, about six weeks ago, and the team concocted this. I think it's absolutely brilliant, and you're going to get one later. I'm deeply loved by God, it says. I'm completely forgiven and fully pleasing to God. This is who you really are. This is what cannot be taken from you. The only way it can be taken from you is, to, is, is if you won't accept it. I'll just tell you, when my daughter was one and a half, she'd say, you've gone, like that. And if you put your hands in front of your eyes and open your eyes, I have gone. And then when she got to two and a half, she'd say, I can't see you, but you're there. And sometimes I can't, you don't bother about your feelings. You may feel chosen, you may not. Don't worry about it. If you're tired, I don't feel chosen, loved, or anything. I just feel like chocolate and going to bed. And I don't take any notice. I think, well, if I can only get to bed without eating any chocolate, I shall feel better tomorrow. So all this goes up and down. Don't worry about that. This is God's truth. It says I'm totally accepted by God. Isn't it amazing that he knows us as we are and accepts us? And I'm a new creation. Now, supposing you, supposing you got that and you, you, you lived it, you dreamed it, you thought about it. I used to pay my children 50p to learn a verse. 
I, I don't think I brought them up very well, all bribery and corruption. Anyway, I, I pay anybody 50p for learning, to learn that. Supposing you learnt it, supposing you said it to yourself, and you said it before you went to sleep, and each time a negative comes, you say, yeah, this is who I am. And you need a little space, just you and God, when you go there and you take off any accumulated negatives and you leave it with God and you say, I'm going to listen to who you say I am. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing for us to know in the depths of our being? I think that's why I can be... People say, well, you're a bit... You're, you don't do proper talks. Uh, in other words, I do visual aids and look a, bit, look a bit peculiar. I don't really mind. I'd love you to like me. But I have a secret place where I can go with God who says, I accept you as you are. Good days and bad days. Up times and down times. Times I get things right and times I definitely don't. And God comes and he says, I accept you as you are. And this is a wonderful, deep, and brilliant truth. And I'm praying that you can get hold of it and take it away with you. And it be part of an ongoing path of your life for God. Have I got anything else to say? I don't think so. May I say a prayer, Anne? Is that all right? Right. Lord, it is extraordinary. I'm very wonderful that you forgive us and love us and accept us and choose us. Thank you that you know us exactly as we are and you still forgive, love, accept and choose us. Thank you that nothing actually can separate us from your love. Open the eyes of our hearts so that we see it. Take it home with us. And grow into who you mean us to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen.